Oh, I thought you were talking about the hike in Sedona whenever it was like only five feet high, but you froze on the side of the rock and you said your legs wouldn't move and like there was people waiting to like climb over the rock and like everyone was like cheering you on and you were like crying <laughs> saying that your legs won't move. Okay, I think I'm more of a psycho than I thought. <laughs> Welcome to the Trav Says Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. We are so happy that you joined us this week. And for those of you guys who are new to the podcast, welcome. We're Kim and Aaron. We are your hosts. And this is basically just where we chat every week about our lifestyles of being healthcare travelers and living nomadic and being entrepreneurs and being a married couple for 14 years and all the things that come with that, uh, this is where we talk it out every week, every Tuesday. Keep it real. We keep it real. Wait. Remember the, um, cause I'm keeping it real. Cause I'm keeping it real. Cause I'm keeping it real. No. If you can tell me who says that, I will legit give you a BJ right now on the mic. I have no idea. From Clueless. Murray. Oh God, I would have never got that. Because like, I'm keeping it real. You never watched Clueless? Yes, I've seen it like 16 times. That was I don't remember. Movie in the world. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the show. <laughs> okay, so this week we wanted to talk about panic attacks in, yeah. in specific. Lee, because I just had my first panic attack and a lot of things kind of came up for me during that. And, and so I just wanted to unpack it a little bit and share my experience and kind of some takeaways and some thoughts. And yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. This has been a crazy three months. There's been full (laughs) emotional breakdowns, panic attacks. It, it, It really has. It's, I feel like all of our podcasts are like, I had a breakdown. Yeah. I had a panic attack. I want to live in the woods with a monk. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, eh, like I don't it, know. It has been a kind of, it's, it's felt like a, in not a bad way, like a pull your hair out kind of like a couple months. I will say though, I think that we were just talking about this the other day that a lot did come up for us on this specific contract. I mean, a lot oh comes God. up for us all the time. I every think contract. Yeah. A lot comes up for everybody all the time if you're willing to like look at it, right? When you're getting uncomfortable mm-hmm. and things are kind of like brewing inside instead of numbing out or pretending it's not there or powering through when you actually kind of like, hey, notice what's up? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Like you realize that things are coming up all the time. It's just whether you're giving your attention to it or not, right? Well, yeah, and I think too. I don't know about you. I think you're always in this mode, but <laughs> like I, I have been very diligent, and I think you know what's funny is this contract in particular. I told Kim every contract I do, I always feel like, whoa, this is the busiest contract I've ever done. Like this is tough, but like this one literally is like. Mm-hmm. This one's crazy. I was thinking back on it and we were busy on a lot of my contracts, but this one is like, at least in the other ones, we had downtime. Like there was one that I thought was the busiest, but like I was looking back on it and we used to sit in the break room and like chit chat on the couch. Mm -hmm. So this one, like there, there's no break time. So I've been really honing into 
how I can operate at, at a high level and feel good. And so looking at really under a microscope, all those feelings that are coming up and why am I so tired and, and how can I improve this? And so when you're doing that and you're really looking at yourself and you're saying like, am I not functioning at an optimal level? What is going on? That's when you're starting to look. And I think I've been more, I guess, boisterous with like, this isn't working and I need to fix it. Right. That's what I was saying to you the other day. Like, I think that breakdown was the best thing that ever happened to you because even though it was hard and it's this whole season has felt kind of emotionally draining and emotionally taxing. And there's just been so many things like personally with work, with all things, with family, with the business. Yeah, I mean, it's just been on and on and on. But because of that, you just talking about your breakdown specifically, you have really implemented creating a, a routine for yourself in the morning to get yourself into a good headspace and mindset and get yourself feeling good. And that's something that you've done for a long time, but like you finally found something that's clicked for you that you're excited about. Like, so you're taking, that I can stay consistent with, right? Like you're, you're focusing on self care, which was so important because you completely let that go Mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, our relationship, just kind of making that more priority as far as over getting work done. Yeah. So it was a positive thing. So that's, and that's kind of like what we're going into even with like the panic attack stuff is like, there's oh when things like that are coming up there's always something to be learned and to take with you on the other side of it and it's mm-hmm. always better right mm-hmm. yeah and so even though we're kind of exhausted yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> emotionally there's been a lot of good things that have come that in the long term we'll be able to look back on and be happy for this kind of challenging season because of the growth that we were able to have and what came out of it well i mean even even, it hasn't felt easy i guess no and even from your point of view too with the panic attack and the things that have been going on personally with you you're the one that was always very diligent and and um what would you say like uh consistent with your practices and you've been even kind of like reevaluating and looking and trying to look under different kind of rocks to bring up wow i've never i've never seen this this was new now i got to like really backtrack and uncover this because you know you've always kind of had that practice that i've always envied in a way of just like wow like i feel like you've got it figured out um but mm-hmm. as we all know no matter how strong your practice is there's always something to learn, always something to grow, always something to uncover. Right. And when we say practice, it, we're meaning like your like self-care practice, how you show up for yourself. What are you doing for your mindset, your meditation? Well, for meditation, prayer, for us, like we're faith-based, like that's important. So like that's a part of the practice. But like what are you doing for growth? What are you doing to be better? What are you doing to heal your past traumas and bullshit and all of that and like continue to grow and move forward right that's kind of like what we mean i guess we've never when you say like your practice that's true but um when because i i mean i really started i guess my journey of wanting to uh, like work on myself like get to know myself better um growth all like all of that like I never even really looked at any of that kind of stuff that wasn't like an active part of my life until what like 13 years ago or something yeah at the beginning of our relationship yeah <laughs> because I was like a hot mess yeah. I was I had so you were also 21 I was also 21 I think 
a lot of that. Yeah, of course. Like I was young. I was a party animal. Like there were a lot. I just had come out of like a very toxic, semi emotionally abusive relationship. Like I was not in a great place. And I had never really looked at that kind of... Well, actually, that's not true because I, I have. Like, I used to journal and, like, right. just the the childhood I grew up in. Like, we did look at things and worked on perceptions and stuff, I guess. But I had put that kind of on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, this hot mess express. And so that was the first time because I was so destructive in our relationship that it was like, okay, I'm about to lose this, like, incredible human who is like such an angel in my life and somebody who is like, basically it was, if I can't be happy with him, I'm not going to be happy with anybody. Like this is like, you got some shit to change. Like there was a lot of things that I needed to look at and work on. And so it, that's kind of where it began for me, I guess, of just wanting to really get to know myself. Like I didn't know who I was, any of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I just went off on a tangent. No, it's good. Okay. Cause like, I don't know if I should, I don't feel like I needed to like dig into that. Cause I was like, that's no, it's good. It sets a basis for, so that's kind of, so leading up, that's where it all started for me, where I took that very seriously. And I was on this journey of self-discovery and I was like, <laughs> I am going to get to know myself. I'm going to learn to love myself. I have to dig deep. I want to heal my stuff. Like how can I be the best version of myself? What can I connect to that's greater than myself to help me like move through this? And, and that became a huge part of my life. And what? I was just giggling because it was just funny because like Kim said, she was literally the conductor of the hot mess express, like literally lifetime ticket on that train. And then all of a sudden she started doing all of these things and, and, going into her practices and then like came out on the other side, a full 180 turn. And I just remember thinking like, holy hell, like you're not the hot mess express anymore. And now I am. And it was like, you had like your shit together. You were able to like work through different things and come out, like articulate, like how you were feeling and how things made you feel. And it was like, without blowing up, without blowing up. It was like this calm energy. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, so that's what really started mine too. Like you were listening to podcasts and bettering yourself and like expanding your mind. And I was just like, what is this? Well, and it's like, once you start a journey like that, you can never go back. right? Right. Because you realize how good you begin to feel and mm-hmm. and then that inspired you mm-hmm. to, to take that journey. And I think the whole point of me saying what that was that for years this has been part of my life and part of my practice. And 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 so a lot of times I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm good. Like I'm healthy. I you know I you have feel good. I feel good. Like I feel confident. Um I you know I'm always working on my stuff and I have this beautiful relationship with you know, God, I'm on my spiritual path. Like I'm so a lot of times like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And just realizing lately, I've just had a lot of personal stuff going on with my family and all this. Like it's been triggering me so much of all of these things that are still in there that just haven't come up to the surface yet for me to really be able to see and let go of. But I was like, wow, like I've been, which just goes to show that this is a lifelong 
journey, right? It's like, I feel like you don't just wake up one day and you're like, oh my God, like... I'm here. I'm arrived <laughs> yeah. and I have no issues and I'm perfect. Like that's, it's just a constant uh, evolution. I remember feeling that way when I first started that, oh my God, I just fixed this. I figured out where this is coming from. I'm able to process through this. I'm able to journal it out or talk it out and like get to the bottom of it to where I don't feel that heaviness in my shoulders anymore. And I remember feeling like I've solved all my problems. Until then, I'm going to be so good from here on out. Oh my gosh, this was everything that was weighing me down. I'm this new person. I've climbed the mountain. I made it. And then it's like, you know, a week later, you're just like something else pops up. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, crap like now i'm back to that feeling but then you realize well i use these tools and i got to the top of the mountain so i'll just do it again Mm -hmm. and i'll just trudge up that mountain again and then you get to the top and you're like okay there is nothing else that that gets under my skin that triggers me and then boom something else and off you go but i love that you just said that like but you you take your tools with you and i think that's the the most important part of everything is like you gain these tools as you go on this journey. So like tools can be journaling or meditation or prayer or therapy or podcasts or books or going for a run or a walk or whatever. Like you build these tools over time that help you go on to the next level, right? I think that like when you don't have the tools to help you get to the next level, that's when you're just, you feel like you're out of control. Like we have built so many tools over the years that like things happen and we go into our toolbox like okay cool like this is tough but like how can we get through this what can we learn from this how can we grow let's get to the other side and then two weeks later something else happens and we have to like open the toolbox again but it's like a constant thing like you're picking up new tools along the way as well that's what i was gonna say it's funny because once you build that basis and you have those tools like i was talking to that guy at fedex who who does like these long through hikes and he was like i went on one and I packed everything that they told me to pack. So i.e. you're doing everything that you're learning in your spiritual practice, maybe through prayer, maybe through therapy, all of those things. And you, you pack all that stuff and then you come across an obstacle and you realize, wow, I don't have all the tools. So you start to use the tools that you brought in, but then you pick up new ones along the way because you have that basis of tools. You already have your hiking pack on your back. And this guy said that he had everything that he needed but what they forgot to leave off or what they left off the brochure was toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And so he looked around and there was this like 18-year-old kid and he comes out of the woods with his toilet paper in his hand. And he was like, how did you know to bring that? And he was like, well, I've already been on this hike before. Right. So he was a leg up because he had already been down that journey. So like once you do that, you start to take the tools you already got on your back. But then you start to pick things up as you go because you have room to take those in. Yeah, that's a good example. And I think, too, you're always led to what you need next. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're open, you are, when, you, when you're, like, aware, right? When yeah. you're looking, when you're asking for, hey, I need help. Hey, like, what is this thing that's going to get me out of this? Mm-hmm. You're always led to that next thing. Like, right now, for me... Uh, Gabby Bernstein, who was is a beautiful spiritual teacher and mentor, she's really kind of who I found at the beginning of my journey. And then I found at the beginning of mine. Yeah, that changed our life. I mean, mm-hmm. she's incredible. And she takes all these, you know, beautiful spiritual principles and ideas and tools, but she really expresses them relatable. and teaches them in a way that's very relatable and to what's going on in your life, but also 
and she is very spiritually based, but it's also, she really focuses on like a, a, a spiritual identity of your own understanding, whatever that is for you. So it's not like, God, if that seems like too much for you or whatever, like the universe or angels or just love or just a power greater than yourself, right? But something greater than yourself, like that's how she goes about it. So I feel like it's She's very, all encompassing with that. It's very um, palatable, I think, no mm-hmm. matter what your faith is. Yeah, and I like she sense. also keeps it super real. Through her own story, yeah. which makes it like, okay, like she's just not up here preaching from the pulpit. Like she's yeah. teaching from her own story. Which is what we love. Mm-hmm. Like we love hearing stories and then it it resonates with you of like, wow, okay, cool. Like I can relate to yeah. that in my own way. 100%. Mm-hmm. So anyways, her, uh, she just released a new book that's about um, like healing your traumas from the past, like childhood traumas that essentially you didn't really even know were there. And finding more freedom and peace in your life. And it was like, it just came out last week. And I'm like, this is exactly, exactly what I need right now in this moment. So that's been like a big help, a tool right Mm -hmm. now that I personally needed. That's a game changer and how I'm moving through this process. So Mm -hmm. it's like, there's, you're always gathering more. Aubrey. We watched, we watched a podcast on Sunday and we heard this guy, Aubrey, I can't think of his last name right now. Um, it'll come to me, but, um, he's like, own your, own your life, own your day. Um, super cool guy. I connected with him. Not, not everybody will. Um, but I connected, he was exactly what I needed. So I went and got his book and I've been listening to it every day. And literally just through the first, uh, seven chapters, I've already completely changed everything. And I'm like, so into it. And Mm -hmm. it's something that like, literally fuels me i feel so amazing and i love it i cannot wait to wake up in the morning and own my day have my hero's morning Mm -hmm. and just like it really does set me up and it's something that i've been craving for many many years but i've never found that thing that just like sticks which right which is funny because yeah like you learn different things from different teachers right and we watch so many podcasts and books and we're just always learning things all the time and then you're like you take different things you're like kind of like this but i didn't like this and you tried so many things and and then it's like you you get introduced to aubrey and it just clicks and that Mm -hmm. happens like sometimes it's just like it clicks and you're like oh my gosh like this is amazing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what happened just by finding Aubrey. It completely changed your mindset of how you want to take care of yourself, which was where you were at and what you really needed guidance with of how you could better take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. not anyone else. And that was exact. That was a teacher that you needed in that moment that was just presented to you. Yeah. And it's changed how you feel in your life. 100%. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Now do you anything want to, else? <laughs> no, I went off totally from. It was like definitely not. I was not planning on like talking that about just, that. That downloaded through though. That was good. Um, hopefully that made sense. Well, it did, I, but it really does set up the whole set. The whole set. So if you want to go with that, because that's. So okay, because we wanted to talk about. I wanted to share this experience that I had about having a panic attack. A panic attack. Because I know there's so many people that have anxiety and have panic attacks and it's actually a very like quote unquote normal as far as it happens often. Like it's a normal part of their life, of their day. And I never understood that because I never experienced it myself. And I think this panic attack really opened my eyes to say, 
you know, a lot of times it's easy to judge other people or make assumptions or just kind of say, oh, like, you can get over it. Yeah, like, it's, it's not that like, big of you're, a deal. You're fine. Yeah, like, shake it off. There's nothing to be worried about. Whatever. But until you actually experience something for yourself, I mean, it's like the old thing of like when you walk in someone's shoes, you know, like you actually get to experience their life and it like you really don't know what people go through until you have that experience. You're like, wow, like what an asshole I was to ever say like, oh, it's not a big deal. Just shake it off. Just let it go. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, because I've never had, uh, I don't, I don't. Uh, maybe you disagree. I don't feel like I'm a super anxious person by nature. I have anxious moments. An- anxious tendencies, but the 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 times that you are anxious is driving. Well, I was going to say that. Okay. that That's the only time I've ever seen to where it's almost like unbearable. Okay. Right. Okay. So I was going to say just my general personality. General personality, you do not suffer from... Anxiety like I'll get overwhelmed. With- yeah, and you'll have your your spastic moments of like overwhelm that turns into it's an anxiety when I feel like I have a lot to do. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll like right, but I wouldn't say it's like an anxiety attack or whatever. But it's just like I'm very no because you can you can pull yourself out relatively right. easy. easy. Right, and the driving thing is one thing that you have not been able to do in this last situation. Okay, you weren't able to control. Right. Okay. So I have driving anxiety. Um, this is the only place in my life that I've really ever experienced that where, cause I was like in a car accident when I was younger and I believe that that triggered that in me because I never had issues like on the road. And now it's only in certain situations. It's on a highway. It's only if I'm in the left lane, like I get, I like, it's almost like I freeze up and I just, I get really scared. Like I just feel like Something's gonna happen. For I don't know. Aaron. It's awful. <laughs> Literally, like the last road trip we went on across country, I was just like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, like w- this is getting this is getting bad." But the last, where did we go last time? That you were like, "Wow!" I was like so impressed. Like, we drove to Tennessee. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and when we and this is when we were living in California. I drove on those crazy highways up to... Yeah, I used to love... I didn't have it because it's it's only in certain situations. So for some reason on I-95... No. And... No. 75. Because, no. Because <laughs> you've had it on 40. You've had it on no, 10. You've had it on... Like yes. That. Yeah, no. You have. I don't know. But in California, I had no issues. But it is funny because Kim actually is perfectly fine other than getting car sick every once in a while... On like two lane mountain roads, which are the most dangerous. Oh my god, I love a two lane. You, you have like one way roads, right? One way streets on mountains where you're coming around the turn at forty miles an hour, thirty five. You're perfectly fine. Yeah, I love it. I I don't like um, anything over three lanes is when it kicks in. Right, and I can't but pass only anybody. On certain roads. Oh, 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 in the left bit, bit, bit. lane. Get, get over, get over, get over, get over. That's not true. Oh my gosh. No, it is. But only if you've been cruising in the left lane. If you're in the middle lane or whatever, that doesn't bother me. It's only the left. And I think that's because the accident happened. I was in the left lane. I know. And like now it triggers. But somebody passed you in the emergency lane and clipped you. So like, 
Yeah, which is so scary, but I was in the left lane. <laughs> I know, but I mean, the the best is is when you're just like, babe, you know this lane. You know this lane. I know. I like, God and I'm like, I have to pass you. them. I know. And I'll like hold my eyes and scream and cry. Okay, so I guess I do have anxiety. Bang on the door and then leans over into the like center and it's just like, it's like this baby bird all of a sudden. (laughs) Because when I've learned, when I release sound, (laughs) it helps calm me because even when I'm driving, because I hardly ever drive anymore. We don't allow it. Just... Yeah, and, and just I just back roads through town. I don't like driving on highways, anyways. But when I do have to drive on the highway, because that's the other thing is like I don't ever want to be like restricted where I can't, you know, do things. I want to push through, and so when I do drive on the highway, if I ever have to get into like the left lane or pass, then I always just sing really loud, <laughs> and it just helps. I don't know why it's like because it takes your mind off of it. Yeah, right. So I so that's been the one area of my life where I have experienced anxiety. <laughs> oh but this what? is like funny because you always freak out too. It's the funniest thing. I know it's coming. If you're looking at your phone and doing um, like Instagram or something, <laughs> or like looking on your phone for directions or a place to eat, and and I literally like if I go over a bump, all of a sudden. The world ends. Just, ah! And it's like, get over. You're driving too fast. You're being crazy. And the wind is bad. I was going to say, the wind, we, the only thing that happens, like, literally 90 mile an hour winds. And the Jeep is, like, like swaying from, like, side to side. It was not. And, like, the wheels are literally popping off and you're going 90. I was not. And I never drive 90. You know that. No, you go 80. I will go 77 is my max. Unless I'm passing somebody and I need to go around, I'll go to 80, but I will never go over 77. And she's like, you're driving like a crazy person. I don't like anything over 75. And mind you, I'm actually one of those like grandpa drivers. Like I'm very alert. I am constantly, I've never had an accident. Well, I did when I was 16, but that was like silly. But um, I've never been in an accident, never gotten a ticket ever. Like even the police officer that pulled us over in Jacksonville was like, um, you have a perfect driving record since like 96. Yeah. And I always say you are the best driver. You're so alert. You're safe. You, you really don't drive crazy like at all. I've said many times this has nothing to do with you and has to do with my own like anxiety. And if you, if you've never experienced that, then you don't know how that feels because you clearly are like babe, everything's fine. There's nothing wrong. I'm in control. It's not that serious. It's not that scary. But when you are, when you're somebody who has that takeover where it almost feels like you can't control it, even though like I've never had an actual panic attack, but it it does feel very like I understand from a psychological place like we're okay it's not that big of a deal but like my body is so fucking dense when I get out of the car I I, my back is locked that's what I was actually laughing at the only times that like we've had a peaceful drive and then we get to the hotel and you'll throw the door open and just sigh and just be like get me out of this death trap oh my god and it's like what like full on like sweat sweats 
like my clothes are soaking wet my back because I always lean towards the center console because I also don't ever want the door to open oh okay God. I think I'm a little bit more crazy than I like yeah. thought even getting on the spot okay because I always have a fear that the door is going to open. So I'll never lay my head on the door. So I always lean into the center console. So that, like I'm leaning to the left. So like my back is like yeah, blown out. Say, Who says these road trips are so much fun? And then I'm like, you'll be like so tired. But you can't sleep because you're co-pilot. Oh but, yeah, like, no, I wouldn't you, you sleep. Always turn I have it to into, help. Like, why do you have to help? Well, because you can't, listen, I have, you cannot let go. I've saved our life so many times. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so you just tell yourself that so that you can sit there and be anxious the whole time. No, I wish I could relax. Okay. But hello, I've been working on it and it shows the last road trip we did. I was like a freaking sleeping angel. No. You even said that. You literally said that. You were like, whoa. You didn't say the sleeping angel part, but you said <laughs> that, like, yeah, you, I you really better. noticed a huge difference. Which is funny because you haven't had any issues in this crazy ass Atlanta traffic. Like, seven lanes, people flying past us. Like, yeah, they're, I, they're the ones that actually hit you almost like how you got in your I accident. I told you it's only specific situations. It's very situational and I'm working on it. So okay. I don't have as much around it. Okay. Okay. So, so we found the car let's thing. Let's put the car thing in a box. Cause so that has been the one area that I've had extreme anxiety, but it never felt completely out of control. Like where no. I, you know, I like, I was like, Whoa, I feel super anxious and I'm, you know, clamming up and whatever. There has been tears before. Well, tears. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> but remember, like, oh we're worried. Well, I literally the Matthews to... Bridge. <laughs> no. Driving over the bridge That's in Jacksonville. That's I was thinking. But... So there's this terrifying bridge in Jacksonville called the Matthews Bridge. I don't recommend it. And it's really high up and steep and there's no guardrails. Yes, okay? there is. Uh, yeah, there's not. Like, <laughs> at all. And it's going over the water. And so... I was driving. I don't it's remember. It's back when you had your own car and I had my own car. And we used to just like wow, take. that's weird. Yeah, I know. It's I very bizarre. Like, I, I can't even fathom the thought of like, whose car are we taking? Like. That's a thing? I know. Weird. Like, pick me up. And then like, you're in the driver's and, like, seat. I have like my air freshener and like my vibes. You know, like in my car, in my Jetta, I had like the lay and the air it was like my vibey place yeah. you know like you can decorate it yeah anyways so we're driving in the jetta over the matthews bridge and i completely freaked out i don't like bridges in general and i'm driving 20 miles an no, hour no, in the middle of the, the lane the speed limit is 65 over this bridge and she's driving 25 in the middle of the lane because she's freaking out and doesn't want to get over close enough because of rails fall off. and like if whatever. If there was one poof of wind, we would have been. And off so I kept the saying, you don't realize <laughs> that your anxiety is actually putting us yeah. in more danger. One hundred percent. We would be safer but, with you just like screaming and, and driving the speed limit over the bridge right. in your lane. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, again, when when I when you feel that type of anxiousness. It's a, um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not a freaking therapist. I don't know exactly, exactly what's happening, happening like in the body, but like your brain is like telling your body, like you're not safe. And so you're so 
like <laughs> stiff. I know, like, I know what you were that, talking like, about. That like I physically cannot take that car into the lane. I can't do it. My body won't let me do it. And it's like, it's just terror. Absolute terror. Tar. Like, I have to just keep the car on the road. And it was so terrifying. Remember I like got off the bridge and got off the exit and like, like cried? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know what you were getting at. Where when I had the blanket over my head, <laughs> was screaming. No, oh, I thought you were talking about the hike in Sedona whenever it was like only five feet high, but you froze on the side of the rock and you said your legs wouldn't move and like there was people waiting to like climb over the rock and like everyone was like cheering you on and you were like crying saying that your legs won't move. Okay, I think I'm more of a psycho than I thought. (laughs) So maybe there's a little anxiety there. With heights? Yeah, that's but it's so like, true. Not really, because you can climb up on, but you don't. You don't let me go within ten feet of the edge because you oh, freak God, out. We don't do edges. No, gosh, that's normal. I can't even go and look. Like you're like, bang. <laughs> well, you can look from afar. <laughs> I forgot about that. People are like waiting for me to go, and, and it I wasn't like, even that high. You just like. It was an edge. I don't like edge. So edges. Oh, and, and then the ladders hike. <laughs> when you, when that guy had to like lower you down like a cheerleader, okay. like because you were just crying and gonna walk nine miles back by yourself. Okay. So now we have to put the context around that because that was terrifying. I, I mean, it was. I thought I was. When did this episode just turn into like Kim the freak? Like <laughs> well, because you brought I up the fact you're like I don't have any anxiety, and now I'm like. I'm, I'm like the most thinking, anxious person I'm like thinking ever. about all this stuff. Okay, so when it comes to heights and driving, so the the ladder hike was a height. Height. Okay. Height. <laughs> well, we went the wrong way. I know, but I'm getting that was a height thing. Okay. So we did this ladder hike in Palm Springs, and basically we went the wrong way. And so these ladders are meant to go, you go up them. They're not meant to go down. So we didn't know this. We went the wrong way. We're almost to the end. And we, and so there were a couple of ladders that we had to go down. Well, and, and it, let me, let me paint a quick picture. When Kim says ladders, when she said, let's do the ladders hike, I thought it was like a natural formation. I didn't know that it was literally ladders from Lowe's and Home Depot Literally just sprung up on the side of a mountain with a rope hanging down. Yeah, they weren't even stable. No, they were just literally normal rusty, not rusty, but like they were (laughs) ladders, like 25 foot extension ladders that were just pinned up on the side of like slick rock. (laughs) Right. So when you say ladders, I was thinking, oh, it's a natural rock formation that are ladders. Yeah. That you climb. No, this was literally like like somebody went to Lowe's and bought a couple ladders and Sprung them up on the side of a mountain. And they weren't, like, sturdy. No, they were very flimsy. <laughs> yeah. So, we get to the... We did a couple, and it, like, wasn't that bad. We were like, <laughs> okay, whatever. So, we get to the last one, and literally, it was... What do you think? A 25 to 30 foot drop off. I was going to say 50. No. It was way higher no, than that. Because like I can jump 20 feet. Right? No, you cannot. That's two stories. No. Would you jump off a two-story building? That's not two stories. Yes, it's a story is ten feet. Really? Yes. Okay. So then, okay, that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. So okay, so it's like probably thirty feet, and the ladder is so you can't just turn around, right? Because typically, what do you do? Like when you get to a ladder, like to go down it, you kind of turn around, you get on, you go down. 
this ladder was situated where it was on the side of where like where the cliff was where you had to get onto the ladder it was like positioned off to the side and it was like slick like smooth there was nothing to hang on there was to. nothing to like help you get no. on this ladder no. so basically you had to lay on your stomach yeah and at an angle and at, at an angle and hope that your feet find where the ladder is and that you don't slide off because it, and I'm not even being exaggerative it, w- it would have been very easy to slide off and, and hit the bottom very easy and it wouldn't have been a good fall either because no. it was like rocks and but it's it would funny have been death there was no you would have been death. it would have been there would have been some broken bones possibly some paralysis but and the percentage of that happening was was high. Was high. Well, then, and there was a no shit commit moment where you just your feet aren't touching the ladder, and you're not going to be able oh to grab God, or, or pull it. yourself back up. So you just got to hope that your feet are angled to hit the rungs when you slide down. Right. A, probably like a two foot <laughs> like gap between like your feet and the ladder. Right. And you have no way of pulling yourself back up. And there's no way you're going to pull me back up. Exactly. And there's nothing to hold on to. Yeah. So we finally... We. Well, (laughs) so we were finally like, okay, like... Because the choice was, we can go down this ladder, or we can turn around and go all the way back. But it was what? Nine miles. It wasn't nine. Yeah, we had just done nine miles. Oh, well, it was a long... Yeah, it was a long hike. So Aaron was like, okay, I'll go down and then i'll help you get down which you couldn't but at the time we thought okay well maybe you could help me get on so i'm like watching you and i'm screaming and crying at the top of my lungs i'm like i didn't want him like you could have fallen and you were so brave and such a badass and and you did it I don't even know how, but I was, I did not help at all. I just screamed and cried at the top of my lungs and you were so calm. You're like, babe, it's fine. I got this. I can do this. And you really tried to make me feel like it wasn't as big of a deal as I knew that it was. And I'm, that helped. But then later you told me like you were literally terrified for your life. Yeah. But in the moment you're like, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. I got this. Like whatever. So, you go down, mm-hmm. and now, like, it's my turn. So, I'm staring up at 25 feet, and I just see this little head <laughs> popping over the ladder, just crying. Like, you can't do it, freaking out. Like, I just went through that to, like, get down, and now I'm like, all that was a waste. We're going to have to walk back. You completely froze, and then we just hear the angel. No, because I was up there, and I was really trying to contemplate how I could do this. Through the screaming and the crying. And like, I even laid down a couple you of did. times. You did. You went down into a squat and just cried. And then I got on my stomach. But you were like, you have to scoot back. No, and I was that, like, was no. When the, that was when the guy was That's there. The because that was came. hilarious. You, yeah. Okay. So I was like, listen, I, there's no way that I can do this. And I'm going to have to turn around and go back. Like, it just is what it is. Like, this is just not going to work for me. And again, we went the wrong way. So there weren't a lot of people like there were people weren't coming that way, right? No, it was, just it was the us. end of the day. Yeah. So all of a sudden, literally, this angel 
from out of nowhere Which was crazy because we had been on that, halo. We had been on that hike for hours, and there was nobody behind anybody. us. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we just hear boots coming down the, the In little, the same like, way we went. The little alleyway, yeah. Yeah. And so he came, and I was like, go ahead, you know. And then... I said, well, maybe he can yeah, help you. Yeah, because I was... And so this dude literally has Kim by her hands, and he's lowering her down. Well, there was like a rock. That was the biggest thing. There was like a, a, a rock that was higher, so you had to kind of bring your legs over and then angle your body like a jackknife, in a way, to lower your feet. Well, Kim kept... <laughs> she was literally stiff as a board, so her feet are over my head, and I'm standing on the ladder trying to bring her feet down. Well, her, like... She locked up her hamstrings, and so she's just teeter-tottering between <laughs> me grabbing her feet and the guy holding her arms just screaming. And so we're trying to say, like, bend like an L. Bend yeah. like an L. And she's like, I am. <sighs> and she wasn't, and it was, like, so stiff. I'm trying to, like, almost, I'm almost doing pull-ups on her legs because they're so tight. Oh and God. she won't bend at the waist. And an L, and the guy's trying to explain it to her, and then you're like, "Pull me up!" I was like, "I'm done, get me out!" Yeah, and he's like, "No, you can do it! Like, oh you can do God. it!" And like, we had no clue who this guy was. No clue. And finally, you got it and loosened up your belly yeah. and allowed you to like fold, and I could grab your legs and, and guide you to the yeah. And once you hit, once you got on the ladder, you were yeah, fine. You, were you good. Could, it was just positioning yourself to get on the ladder. Yeah. But like, by the time I got down, I had dirt. From head to toe, because we were just like laying in the dirt. Like my eyes are bloodshot. There was like blood everywhere. No, there wasn't. I was screaming and crying. And that guy was probably like, "What the hell did I just roll up on?" But he like literally just weaseled his way oh, on. Oh, dude, and he like baseball slid across the thing and like grabbed on the ladder and like he was flew down off. like a freaking firefighter. Like didn't even go down the rungs. Just like. Like slid I know. Down. I was like, like, "Whoa, holy crap!" Like, I feel like he was showing off, and I, I'm like, after all the screaming and the drama, I mean, it, it, we were there for like an hour, probably. <laughs> and when he came down, I just like gave him the biggest hug, and he was like, "Okay." Well, what guys. was funny is he gave you a hug and shook my hand. I was like, "Thank you so much." He walked a little bit ahead of us and then doubled back to tell us, "There's another ladder that maybe you want to go this way." And remember, he like thought yeah. of us because he's like, I don't want that girl to do that again. Oh my God, he was probably... <laughs> and it wasn't even that bad of a ladder. That but... is a story he will like tell. Yeah. Like he probably like went home and he's like, dude, you're not going to believe this crazy bitch that I met on well, this And hike. plus his friends probably know the ladder's hike. Right. So they can picture that. Oh my gosh. That that was real. So that, was ever, life, that was life or death. If so. you're ever doing ladders, make sure you follow all trails and go the way it tells you to go instead of just like yeah. using all trails seven miles in oh my gosh okay so i feel like we've shared all of my anxiety moments yeah oh the one that i kept saying because i've just brought it up so many times was um when we were driving across the country one of the times and i was literally freaking out because it was pitch black it was so windy the car kept veering off the road and i was under that blanket just like crying yeah Remember that? It looked like Cousin It, like just, underneath the blanket, just, just making bird noises. I was like shadow boxing. Shadow boxing because like getting your it. energy out. Oh my God. Okay. So what we feel, I feel like this has been very therapeutic for me and I feel like, yes, maybe there's a little bit more anxiety than um, maybe I... I well, it's funny how it's funny how but, our differences are, right? Because I am naturally an anxious person. I have... 
chewed my fingernails my whole life, especially during nervous situations. Like I was so happy playing baseball because I got to wear batting gloves because they would kick me out if I had blood. So I would literally chew my nails. My mom used to always just be like, get your hand, get your hands out of your mouth. And I would chew my nails down to like, till they would bleed. And then I would just put my batting gloves on and like cover it all up. Um, And so just that nervous energy. And then I rock back and forth all the time. And then now I twist my hair. Yeah. Not your calm strip though. No. And so now I'm sitting here during this anxiety podcast holding a calm strip. (gasps) They should sponsor the podcast. Calm strips are literally life changing. Look them up. Um, We saw them on Shark Tank. And then I found them and they, you know, they're on Amazon or they have their own website, but like they have two different sensations. I think they're coming out with more, um, but one is like smooth rock and then one is like a rough kind of feel I like, like sand uh, and they're just little tiny strips and they were made for um, sensory, right? And, yeah. and it was funny during therapy uh, when I was telling my therapist, I twist my hair and it's bothering my wife um, and I need to like, you know, it, it is getting a little out of control. Um, she said that I needed to go buy rocks because it's a grounding technique, um, that I need to ground myself. And she said, technically you twisting your hair is a grounding technique. And if it wasn't bothering your wife, then I would say, keep doing it because it is grounding you. Um, but since it is a problem, Very meth head, like, okay, <laughs> because you've hung out with tons of meth heads. I have. Like, because I twirl my hair, it's a meth head. It's very like, yeah, it's very anxious it's and very, very like erratic it and like shows, it's manic it is looking. manic it yeah. does show it's very visible that i am an- you're ner- yeah that I'm anxious. exactly it's just like if i was chewing my nails like you yeah know, like but, you wouldn't do that in like a business meeting or like no. in an interview like you wouldn't which never, i don't ever do though you wouldn't do that but i will say too that um you are more you run more anxious than me like because i totally freak the f out in like a lot of situations under pressure and that's what i was gonna say you are like you are just so calm and cool under pressure. Like you, I like, I really don't know how you do it because my anxiety slows down. And when I can like think about what I need to do, because it's like a very serious situation, all the other thoughts go out of my head. I'm anxious because of all the miscellaneous BS that goes on every single day of things I need to get done or I need to do this or I have to go to work tomorrow. And like, do I have my stuff prepared? And like all those things that I allow my head to create this anxiety. So sitting on the couch, I'm more anxious than in that situation with right. the ladder. Right? right. So that doesn't trigger like, for me. Or driving in a very serious situation when somebody cuts me off. Or I'm very clear. It's like everything slows down. It's slow motion. Like I don't overreact. Like those things. I think that comes from sports too. Yeah. Being focused in on what I'm doing. And it's the time that I'm not doing that is when I'm sitting there chewing my yeah. nails or twisting my hair or freaking out. I always say like you're the person I want if we're if there's ever like a high pressure situation oh, like because yeah. you're so chill. But thank God that you are because <laughs> can you imagine, can you imagine if I'm because it's like you we like balance each other or you balance me. We're like I'm like having a meltdown and screaming and crying and you're just like babe I got you take a breath relax and like that is what got me through that. Like you always get me through those times because you're so calm even though. You were really nervous too. I just didn't. I didn't even know that at the mm-hmm. time because I'm like, oh, he's calm. Okay, maybe this isn't as big of a deal as I think it is. And thank God for that because if we wouldn't be able to like well, do life, I wasn't there at the doctor's office. Though. Okay, so let's get it. Oh my God, like we haven't even. This gotten, is this, this is, is the, the panic cherry. Attack. This is okay. the cherry on top. Out of okay, 
here sets, <coughs> this sets this up. Out of all of these panic attacks that we've just talked about. Those aren't panic attacks. It's anxiety. Anxiety attack. No. That we've just, just talked about. moments of anxiety. I don't okay. want to say an attack. Okay. Clarify it how you see fit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you... Because I was in control-ish. Okay. Ish. What I'm saying is out of all those situations, none of those triggered this podcast. But right. this one at the doctor's office did. Because I actually had a full-blown... You almost passed out, didn't you? Well, hello, let me tell the story. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good lead-in. Okay, like, stay tuned. <laughs> if you made it this far. Yeah, like, for real. Thanks. Well, how could you not? Those stories are epic. I mean, it's like... It's too much. Okay, so... I have a, a very weird thing with... I don't even want to say it. Like, vaginas? No, I love vaginas. <laughs> I'm in them all day. Well, when I'm a, being a sonographer, I'm in vaginas all day. I love vaginas. Like, appreciate them. Love my own. Like, just there for her. You know? Like, we're girls. But I have a very um, weird thing when it comes... And I'm just going to say it because I'm a big girl and I'm working through this. But when it comes with to, like, the cervix and, like dilation of the cervix wow, wow. i cannot believe I'm you healed. i cannot okay. believe you just said that without freaking out usually there is a huge scream at the top of your lungs and then chills and then usually a fake faint on the floor mm-hmm. where your knees buckle yeah very yeah. dramatic a dramo- yeah i think that's the theme of this pot little little <laughs> yeah. dramatic a little, little some of the time um, and so I've always had this really weird thing nothing well, that's give yourself some credit that was really good that you did that no, I'm proud of you. I usually, and I'm so like ridiculous, but like people who know me and know I have this weird thing, I'm like, say the C word. Like we don't say that. We don't say cervix because like it, it literally causes a reaction in me that causes like me to reaction. shut down. 100%. Yeah. So like going to the gynecologist and stuff, like I've always been able to do it. It's never been, I don't, nobody loves it, but it's like I could always get through. It wasn't that big of a deal um, at all. It's just, I don't know. There's just something about it that really just made me feel uncomfortable. I, I actually... I know what it was. What? I oh, mean, when I got my IUD in. Put in. It was so traumatic. It was such a traumatic experience. Yeah, because I got an IUD 10 years ago. And it was such a traumatic experience. Even when I talk about it, I usually will feel myself getting worked up. And I, I feel okay. It's good. really good. Um, yeah, they couldn't get it in. And it was really traumatic. And I think after that, yes. I started to have issues with it again. Yeah. So I have this whole thing with it. Even um, as a sonographer, like we do sonohistograms. And that's where, you know, you have to shoot up fluid into the thing. And into the cervix. And so I was assisting in one of those. And I was the one scanning. So like we have these big probes. They go into the vagina. And you're scanning as the doctor is injecting this like saline. And so I had never done one before. And I and I knew I wasn't the right person because I had. (laughs) (laughs) But there was nobody. And I was like like okay yeah I guess I'll do it because I, I can I can scan it so won't look whatever and like so we get started and as uh the radiologist is saying like okay like I'm gonna I was in her vagina just fine like just looking at whatever and as soon as the rad said okay like I'm gonna start uh you know we're gonna put the dilator in I literally fe- like I you went vasovagal yeah like I couldn't hear I couldn't see 
I was like, oh my God. And the patient looks at me and she's like, are you okay? (laughs) I mean, the patient, the one going through this and I'm literally freaking out. I passed out, like literally the rad, like, and I'm holding the probe in her vagina. (laughs) You never let go. Yeah, I'm just like. You passed out, but like held the probe. probe, like in my hand. That's a stenographer, buddy. Fuck. And the rad was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, obviously like get out of here. I got some juice and crackers. Like I was literally white as a ghost. And that was the first time I'd ever felt something like that. And it was terrifying. So I was like, what the heck? Like, so again, it was, it's, it's a very weird situation, which people are like, that's really weird. Like, what is that about? You know? Cause it's like, you don't get it unless you experience it, but it's only with those types of situations. So I had to go to the gynecologist uh, last week and I was supposed, I thought I was going to get my IUD out because it's been 10 years and I didn't want to get it taken out because A, it was so traumatic getting it in. I know everybody says it's not a big deal getting it out, but because like I just, for me, it felt big. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to go through this again. It's scary. Even my sister's like, I literally took mine out by myself. Like it's not a big deal. You're fine. I'm like, no, it's. I can't do it. So I have been kind of leading up. I think this is also. Oh, you've been building up to this for years. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't want to. Not not only because of I was scared, but also it's like, we're not ready to have kids yet. I don't want to get it taken out. Like, you know. I'm enjoying things as it is. Yeah, like life is good. <laughs> like it's, she's not ready to come out yet. So I was already nervous going into this appointment because I, because you have to get your IUD. The one I have is the Paragard. So they say after 10 years, you should get it taken out. So I was like, this was when I was going to find out if I got to keep it or not. And so I was nervous about it. And I thought, oh my God, what if they take it out right then and there? Like, so I built all this up in my head. I was also on my period, which I had called and asked them if that was okay. Because I've never gone to the gynecologist on my period. And they said it was, but I was also getting a pap smear. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. Now knowing what I know, like... Even the gynecologist was like, it can be uncomfortable. Like, I probably would wait until after you're off your period because I was, like, super crampy and heavy, whatever. So, anyways, I go in feeling all of these things already. I was very nervous. I didn't want to have to do the pap smear. I didn't want to have to get the IUD out if that's where it led. And uh, so, as the, what are they called? The medical assistant's in there and she's asking questions and whatever. And... I can feel myself getting kind of nervous because we started talking about things and like I started to feel hot and then she leaves. She's like, okay, the doctor will be in whatever. She closes the door. I literally, I have never experienced something like this. So I'm calling it a panic attack. I don't know if that is what it was, but like this is, I've never experienced this. Yeah, it's literally you'd be breathing into the bag. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I started to feel super hot and I like couldn't breathe. And I'm like, and I, and like, I'm not really claustrophobic. Like I don't love tight places. You're in a box if, if like you. If I touch a wall. Okay. okay. There's something else. You you can't be in a completely dark room because you feel like you're in a box. And so you have to touch a wall to make sure that you're not in a box, even though you just laid down in your own bed. That is very true. I've had many situations where if the room's too dark, I'll open my eyes and And I'll freak and I'll touch the wall and think I'm in a box. And this has actually happened so many times that it became a joke, like with staying over at my friend's house, like in high school and stuff would be like high school. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you do it. You've done it when we're married. So. I've done it even in Rhode Island as a little kid. I remember being in the bunk room and 
like putting out my hand and feeling the wall and freaking out and having to run out of the living room. <laughs> okay. Oh the title of this podcast is going to be like, Kim's a psycho. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but in general, like I can sit in a room, like I don't get like in a doctor's room or like in a ultrasound, yeah. like I can sit in a room with a door closed and I don't feel panicky. Yeah. I can be in an airplane or an elevator and I can see a way out. Like I'm good. I have to be able to see the So what's door. all that all about? God. Interesting. Babe, I need a therapist. I, I told you. I know. Um, and so anyways, I I don't usually have issues sitting in a do- like a big, it was a big exam room. And so I'm looking at the door. I'm like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Like this room's too small. I, I'm like, so I took off. I had a, a like a jacket on. And I took my jacket off and then I took my other thing off and like literally I'm like stripping off all of my clothes and I'm like, I can't breathe. And I, I thought I was going to pass out where I heard, like, I couldn't hear anything except like, like in my ears ears are ringing. and I felt like I was going in and out, like with my eyes. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm literally going to fucking pass out right now. Well, you told me later and I don't know if you if you were just being in in the story or whatever, but you said that you had contemplated running out and grabbing somebody. I, so I literally was like, I, I, I well, I felt like I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, this is what it feels it's like to die. Yeah. yeah. Because my heart was, I was like, I'm going to pass out and, and probably stop breathing. Like that's how it felt. Like my heart's stopping. So I was like, I have to get out of this room to let them know that I'm dying, basically. <laughs> but I was in my head, like, which is funny because it all happened quickly, but then felt like forever. But I was like, I felt embarrassed because I knew, I'm like, what are you? So I'm like talking to myself, which is what I've usually been able to do in past situations of like, you're fine. Just breathe. Take a breath. Like, you're okay. Like, so I'm trying to do that yeah. to myself, but nothing is Going working. Going to a meditative state. Yeah, nothing is working. And I felt embarrassed because I'm like, I'm going to run out there and be like, help. Like, they're going to be like, what's wrong? And then, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm dying. Like, you know, so I, I was like, I really don't want to have to do that. And so I just like sat in there. And then finally, um, I don't know. I, I was able to bring myself back down. Like, you don't know how? No, I was actually trying to think about that because this lot, I mean, it, f- it felt like a good five minutes um, of just... It's probably like 30 seconds. Oh, I, it, I, yeah, it probably was, but it felt a lot longer and I don't know. I just, I was like really just trying to breathe and I'm like, okay, like finally I got, I got myself to a place where I, I still felt very like clammy and mm-hmm. my heart was still racing, but I didn't feel like I was going to pass out because... The thing in my ears and like the feeling of like my, it was like my vision was going in and out almost like where I was like, oh my God, like that part was really scary. So I I was at a point where I still felt anxious, but like I didn't feel like I was going to pass out or that I was like claustrophobic. Oh, and then I was, I also was like, let me just open the door to the room. Get some air. And like, yeah, let air in. Like, but then, which is so stupid that I was like nervous to even do that. Like. Right. Because, like, what are they going to say? Like, that's so silly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then finally, like, she, the doctor came in 
And I was, like, white as a ghost, I'm sure. Like, I was, like, butt naked. And, like, they didn't even give me anything to change into. Like, they give you these little gowns. Those. I was, like, literally just laying there, like, in the stirrups, like, naked. <laughs> She's like, okay, like, let's get down to business. <laughs> and so she comes in, and I actually told her that I feel super anxious. And she kind of just wrote it off, like, it wasn't a big deal. And, and I was like, okay, but, like, I'm really scared. <laughs> You feel like those patients that we see now. I know. Now I feel like I have more compassion because, yeah, there's times that, you know, people come in and, and I'm doing an ultrasound. They're super anxious and they're nervous. I'm like, relax. It's not a big deal. But now I'm like, okay. It is for them. I don't get what you're feeling, but, like, I can actually understand that you might be having this false sense of of not being safe because that's like what it feels like. You're like, I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to go. Like, I'm dying, you mm-hmm. know. I'm going down. I'm going down. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because you're actually perfectly safe. And I think that's the weird part about any kind of an anxiety or a panic attack that like in not most all, cases, not, right. not all the time, not all the time but like in most, like in that situation, I was safe. I was in a safe environment. Nothing was wrong. Nothing could hurt me. But in my brain, it was like alarming everything in my body where physically I was having a reaction mm-hmm. that didn't make sense mm-hmm. at all. There was nothing to promote I think that, that adds to it though as well. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, like calm down. Why are you? Yeah. This out? doesn't make any sense. So your, your realistic brain is like, yo, you're good. <clears throat> it's not fight or flight right now, but then whatever part of the brain that triggers her in that is like, Oh yes it is. Yeah. And that's like overriding. And then you're just in the situation you're in. Yeah. And it was really scary. So after all of that, I didn't have to have my IUD taken out, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Cause didn't she didn't have a pap smear. I didn't have that because she was like, why don't you just wait? And I'm like, okay. Because then I'm like, I should be brave and I should just do it and get it over with. But then I was like so worked up and exhausted that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm good. Like, I don't need it right this second. Um, and yeah, I didn't have to get the IUD out because after 35, which is how old I am, uh, you can leave your paragarden until as long menopause. As it's not with hormones, right? Because I don't have the hormones. So she said the only reason why we would worry that it wouldn't be as effective, because I was thinking like, oh, it'll get stuck in there, or like something like that, you know? She's like, we don't worry about that. Like if it was going to get stuck in there, it would have happened on implantation, or it already would be, you know? Like it's not something we. It's not like the longer it stays in there, whatever. At least this is what she's telling me. Yeah. Let us know if you... Yeah, I I don't want to know. Okay. Like, actually. But, um, so she's like, we just worry about it not being effective anymore. So, like, if you were 25 and super fertile, we would be like, oh, you should take it out because the chances of you getting pregnant are higher, but basically you're old and you're fine. So I was like, great. Like, I'll just leave it in. So she's like, when you're ready to get pregnant, if that's something you choose to do, you can take it out then. And I was like, that just made my life. So I feel like all of that was so dramatic but I was I have literally been thinking about getting this IUD taken out for a year because I know like this is my year this is my year and what am I gonna do when I do take it out and so she kind of answered that question for me that was like whoa okay great like now I can relax and know Mm -hmm. that I'll take it out when I'm ready or we're ready but like I don't even have to think about this for a while yeah so that was huge and so the whole panic attack it really did open my eyes of just again we never really know like what people are experiencing. And I always downplayed like panic attacks and, you know, people 
like one of my really good friends, like she was choosing to take uh, medication for anxiety and like depression and that kind of stuff. And I remember basically kind of just being an asshole and being like, you don't need that. Like, you don't need that. Like, you don't need to go on that. Like, figure out what's going on. Work through it. Because I really do believe that anxiety and panic attacks and all of that depression, I do firmly believe it comes from somewhere. It is rooted in something. Well, no. It comes from somewhere within you. 100% it comes from somewhere. It's a but trigger from but, something. But there also is that level of you do need medication at, at certain points, right? Like So that right, that was my point. Is okay. like instead of just being an asshole and being like work through it, like you don't need it, like cuz I didn't understand like some of the things that she was sharing that she had these fears around. I'm like it's not a big deal. Like that's not even true. Like that's like you're making that up in your brain and it's not true and I downplayed it instead of like being like wow like that's something she's really experiencing right now and sometimes you do need some sort of a medication if that's the path you choose or the tool you use at the time to kind of get you to a baseline Gabby always talks about that like getting to a baseline because then you can dig in and do the deeper work well again Gabby is a huge spiritual teacher she is one that like has these spiritual practices down meditation and and coming out of traumas and, and has the tools in the tool belt. But then she had the issue and her doctor put her on medication to get her to baseline to be able to use her tools to then work her way through it. But she couldn't do that without the medication. Right. So, And I think that's another thing is your friend too, we also know, doesn't really work through a lot of things. So let me, let me finish what I was going to say. Because... That, that was kind of like my point, yes, because Gabby uh, suffered from severe postpartum depression and anxiety. And, you know, she was always somebody who was like, no, like, you know, like, you, whatever. Let's get to the root of it. Let's get to the root of it. And it was like, got to a point where she was like, I'm going to kill myself, which again is a huge thing. And, and it was like, she had to, and she did all the things, all of her tools. And it got to the point where she had to take a medication to help her get back to somewhat neutral so then she could dig in and that was kind of my point too is like I do believe that it all comes from somewhere I don't believe in band-aids I just don't that's just not me I don't believe in band-aids if if like you decide to take a medication or do anything like great like I feel like everybody should make that decision that's gonna serve them and what they need because nobody fucking knows what you need and that's the other I don't like, I was judging other people for, like, you know, making things up that aren't scary. But, like, I don't freaking know what they need or what they're going to or telling them that that's not scary. Shake it off. Like, whatever. But, like, taking, doing the actual work. Because it comes from somewhere. It comes from a trauma. It comes from something that's not healed within you. Like, things like events and traumas and you know, unhealed issues live in our body and they manifest in these physical ways that cause us to feel anxious and have anxiety and all this stuff or uh, depression, all different stuff. Like I do believe that if, if you don't believe that, like that's your own journey and choice, but I'm just sharing my opinion of what I believe. So I think that uh, you shouldn't use anything as a bandaid, but, um, and even when we're talking don't about use drugs it as a and alcohol, use it as a tool. Well, not like drugs and alcohol. I think that's a totally separate situation. Yeah, I mean, right? like, like when you're numbing out. If you're out. using drugs and alcohol to numb out and not getting to the bottom of it, yeah. right? That's a di- that's different than than going to your doctor or your therapist 
and getting a baseline of medication to help you through the depression because those medications are there to help. If you're using it as a way of just like, I'm just going to take this medication and coast off and never actually get to the bottom of what's going on, that is your choice as an individual if you feel that that's what you want to do. But we are saying, and I agree with you, that use that as a baseline to then get to the use the tools to get to the bottom of what's going on and heal yourself and slowly wean yourself off of those medications with a doctor's help. Yeah, like we're not, yeah, we're not, we're not medical. Yeah, like, we're not we're giving not, any advice no. about anything, obviously. This is just, just our belief system. And and I don't know why we're even talking about medication because like that wasn't well, even really the point. Well, I think really you have to if you're saying, I, I feel like you, you have to in a way, right? Like not saying that just like everything is just, you got to get to the bottom of it. You don't need medication because I do. No, I just don't know why we're that, talking about, yeah. like we're kind of fixating on like a medication, which I oh. feel like. I, yeah, like that's a choice people can make, whatever. Yeah. My whole point was that it comes from somewhere. So after this happened, I talked to my stepdad who is somebody who's like basically been like a life coach, spiritual guide, spiritual teacher, He's like good. my whole life. Like we would always have like these sessions and, you know, he uses tarot and he, he always asks really good questions that I don't like helps me get to the bottom of things. And He's very non-biased. Oh my God. Non-biased, non-judgmental, just like helps you break through things that you didn't even realize you needed to. Um, and so we were talking about this panic attack. And so I'm not going to get into all of like what came out of it, but through that conversation, it kind of cracked open this whole thing of like, holy shit, like this is where it's coming from. It was very clear in that moment. I'd never thought about it before. And I was like, okay, this is what I need to heal and like let go of. And I feel like if I do that, I won't have the same panic and and anxiety specifically around this situation, around like the whole cervix thing and like whatever. Well, the fact that you're repeating that, and I'm not even passed out, even freaking out, like it's showing that you are healing. I can't even. I usually can't say that word. Never. So yeah, so it's like that led to like, wow, this is another opportunity to work on something to heal it so that I can heal this anxiety that I'm experiencing around it. And I think um, if we can all look at when we feel anxious or panicked or scared or nervous or sad or depressed or whatever, instead of, you know, being like, oh, it's just, I'm an anxious person. I'm just... You're labeling yourself. Yeah. Or, or, you know, wanting to like numb out for whatever and use different things to kind of like not think about it. I think the more aware we can be because like our body is always trying to communicate with us like what's going on psychologically as well. So like if you're experiencing that, it's for a reason. It's alarm bells going off that your body's telling you, hey, something's off. Something's wrong. Like this isn't right. Like what's up? And if you can actually look at that and dig in a little deeper and get under the hood from like a psychological standpoint or like a spiritual standpoint, a lot of times there's something there for you to uncover to kind of feel through and then like let it go and heal it and move on. And once you do that, a lot of that other stuff will uh, resolve. It will, but I also it comes with work, putting in the work. But I also feel that you went down that path, which then uncovered little channels of things also that kind of... Oh my kinda, God, so much shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a it was mess. That whole, like, it was like a Pandora's box. Yeah. Of connected issues, all related to the panic attack that you went through at the doctor's office. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's so true. Which, I've, like, before that, we Kim and I were talking, because I've, I've had a therapist that, that I've worked with, and then 
Kim and I were just talking and, and I was like, I think you should talk to somebody like outside your stepdad. I think you should experiment with it and see how it makes you feel with some of the other issues. And you were like, I really wouldn't know what to talk to them about. And then we had dinner on Saturday <laughs> night and you had a literally a laundry list of like all the things that the work that you've done that you felt like you've reached the top of your mountain and you need somebody to help oh. guide you a little higher yeah. to, the, to the actual peak of yeah. it. Because you've done all the work that you feel like you can do. And that's what's so beautiful about therapists, right? If you match therapists with your own practice and getting to the bottom of things, I really feel like that is the ultimate combination to heal because mm -hmm. they're able to guide you that rest of the way that your tools have kind of like you've run out of. Yeah. Right. And they provide you with more tools in your tool belt. Right. Like sometimes you can only take it so far and Correct. like you have to reach out for additional support. And people and whatever that are licensed that is. to handle this yeah. stuff, right? And, and trained to handle this. 100%. But they also have to connect with you, right? You have to connect. It's it's not like any therapist can help. You have to find that one. That, well, right. And it's like an interview. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because, like, I think with therapy, like, there's, like, you can go round and round and round. Like, my point is, like, not to go round and round and, like, to just dig up all these, like, old things or whatever. Like, my whole, like, and I think this is where my spiritual practice comes in is, like, I want to... I want to like dig in to what's there because I know there's things there because they're slowly starting to come up and like I can feel them and I can see how it's like manifesting in my physical form and like different things that are going on. So like how can I get to the root of that so that I can look at it and walk and talk through it with a therapist and like really get through and like get to a point where I can truly surrender it, let it go, and heal so that it no longer lives. Limits in, you. Yeah. And lives inside of me and mm. limits me and um, all the things. So anyways, that, that, that is that. That was, yeah, that was deep. I wasn't expecting to talk about all of that. No, I wasn't either. It was I, good though. My breath smells. Really Well, bad. I'm glad it was good for <laughs> Bad. I can smell it from here. You're so mean to me on this podcast. It's the today. second time on a podcast that. But like, you've said that, yeah. Aaron. So very basically, Aaron says I have chronic halitosis. All of a sudden, after your cleanse, you developed <laughs> chronic halitosis. It's old man breath. <laughs> And know. I've said it before. I've been brushing and flossing. No, you have. Yeah. I, you've been doing your good work. There's just something. It's a new smell. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. Well, I'm like, is it just like my mouth? Is oh, it yeah. my we vagina? To, we, is it my butt? Like, I literally had him sniff every hole in my body. Because I like, I'm like, am I stinking from other places? Or is it just specifically the mouth region? Just the mouth. So you did a sniff check. We're good. It's just the mouth. Yeah. Right? And of course, you timed it right after your workout, too. Which was even I was better. all like sweaty and juicy. And like, can you smell my vagina? And tell oh, me God. if it stinks. <laughs> A day in the life with us is literally... But, like, you really can't make this up. Like, that's no. exactly what we No, do. it really is. She was propped up on the couch. And you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Jeez. It didn't, so we're good. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, that was a barrel full of surprises. It was. And, I, and the last thing I want to say is just on the medication thing, because I feel like... <laughs> I don't know why I'm in my head about this, but, like... I just never want to, this is our opinion and how we like to personally work through our stuff, right? Again, this is our podcast, our opinion, like we don't know what's right for anybody else, right? We're just sharing from our own experience and that's really our only intention. And if you're somebody who takes medication or is thinking about it or whatever, 
there's nothing wrong with that. And like, no, it's that's actually not what, be very helpful. That's not what we were trying to say. It was just the experience that I had with this person where I felt like in that moment, I was insensitive to what she needed because I hadn't experienced that for myself. And I feel like I made her feel bad for going on medication when I was like, you just need to work through this stuff. And so um, whatever your choice is around that or whatever you need, like you, you truly know what's best for you. We just believe that you should always be doing the inner work to also be healing simultaneously at the same time. That's all. Very well said. I I think I would just add that I would take medication at the drop of a hat if a physician thought it was necessary because I do have no, Bullshit. I, I, no, no, I, I do have the um, ability to understand like through practices and, and I understand other channels that I'm willing to do the work for. But if like, I, I mean, again, it's, it's, I'm not saying that like, no doctors over prescribe, they the over prescribe. I agree. You're the but, like, only one who knows if it's right for you or well, not. Correct. That's what I'm saying. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that I'm anti medication. I think that's just the whole thing. Like if it ever came down to it, and I really needed it. And through a discussion and through therapy and other forms and a physician and yourself and having these conversations, if it came necessary, I would take it. Okay. I'm not opposed to it. I got you. I'm not saying like we're just anti-meds. Oh, yeah. For sure. We're just trying to say that I think it should be paired and not a lot of conversations happen in doctor's offices about I'm going to give you this medication to get you through, but I really want you to do the work. Nobody gives you that those talks unless it's within the spiritual realm or the self-help or the therapy realm yeah and i think it should be paired i do i agree firmly totally all right well well i think we're beating a dead horse there but for some reason i just felt like i should say that again because i felt like i didn't want people to think we were coming at people that choose to do that it's not about that at all no like you know it's just our own stuff good disclaimer to close on okay All right, guys. Well, um, have a great week, and we will be back next Tuesday. Oh, somebody's going to be a year older. I know. We'll talk about that next week. Wow. Look at you. Birthday girl. Yay, another year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And we're out.